Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 47 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast given a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, Plastic Menace. <laughs> Good afternoon. Hello. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. How about you, traveller? <laughs> Fine, thanks, yeah. Here we are, number 100. Yay! We can't believe it! I know, our... <laughs> 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 it's our 100th broadcast, to clarify. Uh, it is, yeah, yeah. holy shit. Uh, yeah, episodes, so be- minisodes, bonusodes, announcements. What a journey. What yeah. a journey. What a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that we should probably start. It would be remiss to not thank everybody for sticking with us all this time. Uh, Listeners old and new. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing that people are still kind of coming to us and finding us and people are still... Listening, who have listened since Minnesota Zero. Like actual episode zero, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking bonkers. Pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, big thank you to all of you. Uh, that is amazing. Yeah, and that's almost a year ago, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the one year's coming up. We've got some plans in the works for that as well. We do, yes. Yeah, keep an eye on your feeds. Got some good stuff coming up. So, how you been? I've been okay, yeah. yeah. I've, I've had some stuff that I've been watching. Oh, cool. Uh, have you watched anything this week? I have, yeah. Um, my weekend was a little bit shut down by going to Stag Do. Oh, yeah, um, of course, you were in Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to attempt it. What? A Jordi Oh, God, no, please don't. <laughs> uh, so I'm a little, I've been a little bit chewed up and spat out by that, but I'm feeling good. I'm rallying. Um, <laughs> good, good. Though. Yeah, this week I have, I have one. I watched Life this week on Netflix. All right, okay. The uh, the uh, aliens, or kind of space thing with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Did she watch Life? Are you, sure? you know the one I mean. Yeah, yes, no, on. I watched Life this week. I don't know why I did that. Um, All right. Like, <laughs> um, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's bad by any means, but it's also just like basically outside of pretty much Alien, not really my thing. Right, okay. But I thought I'd give it a try. It was there. I hadn't seen it before. A lot of people have talked about it um, over the last couple of years, a 2017 release. I thought that it was pretty bland. Oh, right, okay. I uh, didn't really care for it. I thought it was... Um, like The ending was pretty good, I thought. like Kind of like suitably kind of stingy, kind of, kind of nasty. Uh, the rest of it I found pretty hard work. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, like I say, I'm probably not a good metric for this because it's not necessarily my kind of thing, but I have a hard time uh, with stuff like this that takes it that seriously unless it gets it absolutely right. And you don't feel like this did? No, there was elements of like, see the kind of... Uh, have you, I'm assuming you've seen it. No! Have you not? No, I haven't. Right, so, okay. uh, yeah. No, so, but there's there's elements of like CG capering as the creature is growing. And it reminded mm-hmm. me of another film that I don't like, Splice. Right, okay, I like Splice. Ah, see, I really, really struggled with Splice. But I think that like, yeah, there's... Um, I think that the film... And I'm in the minority here. It's generally pretty well liked as far as I can tell. I found that it unsuccessfully tries to balance some elements that I think are quite silly in a very serious-faced film. Right. It's fine, but I wouldn't <laughs> race back to it. 
What about you? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. Uh, one I think that you've definitely seen, and one that I'm not sure that you've seen. Okay. Um, both of them played festivals, coming off the back of something that was quite bland into something else that was quite bland, okay. or that I felt. Danishka Esterhazy, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, mm-hmm. uh, level 16. Oh, aye, okay, yeah, yeah, this played Freightfest Glasgow is yeah, where I saw it. I think it might have been the UK premiere. I believe it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, two girls in this weird orphanage slash school. Where the girls are trained to be obedient, clean, patient, humble, complaining isn't tolerated, nor is questioning. But it kind of seems like they're waiting adoption. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, it felt to me like an extended episode of Black Mirror with more than a swipe of The Handmaid's Tale. Aye, yeah, I think that, I th- I think that um, it's probably it's probably a sensible time for this to come out precisely for that reason. Because I think off the back of the success of those kinds of things. I guess, that it does make sense for it to kind of slide out now. People are being quite effusive about this. And mm-hmm. People seem to be really liking it. I thought it was pretty straightforward and actually just a tiny bit slow. It maybe is a little bit slow. What I thought about this was that I think that kind of the further that it went down, kind of having to hit big plot beats towards mm-hmm. the end, the more that it lost me. I think that the further it expanded beyond the kind of just the school, I think the kind of insular stuff is pretty good. But I think that like as the plot widens and the scale of the film widens with it, I think that's where it starts to lose its grip a little bit yeah as the plot widens so does the necessity to kind of expand around this school and I, I was left a few times kind of scratching my head at some of the art department decisions that were made because you've got these real kind of dystopian clean sterile hallways and corridors mm-hmm. and then there's other scenes where they're like in rooms with dilapidated peeling wallpaper and it all looks a bit trashy ah, okay and i was like what the fuck's going on here and I think there's some pretty interesting things in there, and some of them really work, and mm-hmm. it is quite interesting, but I feel like it's hamstrung a little bit by, we felt that some of the line delivery was really stilted. Okay. In that way that only bad line delivery can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, it was, I thought it was interesting enough, and it's worth a look, but it's... I just didn't really... It just kind of passed me by. Always nice to see my top man, Peter Outenbridge, in there, though. Yeah, Peter Outenbridge of Saw 6, of Yeah, course. Yeah, um, I knew you would be all over that. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I think he's pretty good here. Yeah, he does okay. He does yeah. good work. He's probably doing the best work in the film. I would be inclined to agree with you there. Yeah. Okay, so level 16, so a little bit of a mixed bag. Aye. Mm-hmm. Okay. Aye. There's a releasing coming for that, isn't there? There is indeed. Uh, hits VOD... I think exclusively VOD on the 27th of May in the UK. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the release schedule is beyond that, but right. certainly in the UK it'll be the 27th of May. The next thing is the thing that I wasn't sure that you caught at First Fools. Okay. Coming to cinemas on the 19th of April. Oh, okay. Imminent. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, Sonny Laguna and Tommy Wickland's Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Okay, no, I haven't seen this, but I will... Though, like, I want to, I, I, I want to see it just purely because it's divided opinion so much at both Fright Fest and Cellulite Screams. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Um, how did you find it, and what is your relationship to these films previously? I'm a massive Puppet Master fan, as okay. I'm sure you actually know. Uh, setting me up for that question, despite oh, knowing the answer. Throwing yourself balls. <laughs> Do you know? Right off the bat, there was a few things that kind of rubbed me up the wrong way. Okay. Uh, and so much as Andre Toulon here played for some reason by Udo Kier. Super. Uh, always. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's a horror film without a little bit of Udo? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's like the villain in it this time, whereas in the existing franchise, the franchise that runs parallel to this, if you like, yeah, he's the kind of the good guy who was always fighting against the Nazis as opposed to fighting with the Nazis and being the Nazis and being a Nazi sympathizer, which mm-hmm. he is in this. 
Right. The fact that they've done that and they've explained that away as being it being like an alternate timeline rubbed mm-hmm. me up the wrong way as well. Okay, yeah, I can understand. They don't that. explain that away in the film, obviously, but uh, certainly. Uh, well, it was written by uh, S. Craig Zahler as well, of course. Oh, from uh, Bone Tomahawk and uh, Dragged Across Concrete and Brawl Somewhat Nine. Yeah, they've explained that away, but I feel like the explanation is only in service of being able to do increasingly more disgusting and offensive things. Right, okay, just like because, solely in service to that. Yeah, because there's a real focus on the puppets being Nazis and the people dying being people or groups, perhaps, that the that the Nazis might have wanted to eradicate. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so there's like black people being killed, there's a lesbian couple being killed, there's a Jewish couple being killed and a Jewish guy being used as bait. Right. Uh, some of it didn't sit particularly well with me, and it was in pretty bad taste, but I thought it was in bad taste in a way that I've actually found myself warming to. Okay. The effects in it, I would say, are brilliant. Some great, great work going on here, some really disgusting stuff, and uh, some stuff that might be considered quite triggering for people. Right, right, okay. But uh, yeah, it's completely disinterested with political correctness in any way, shape, or form, and I thought it was silly nonsense, and I was quite into it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, I'm gonna try and get around to it. But yeah, if uh, if if that sounds like your thing, it's, a, <laughs> <laughs> it's out uh, on April nineteenth. You said. Yeah, but there's lo- there's loads of other stuff going on here as well. Barbara Crampton's in it. Oh really? Uh, she crops up in it as this retired police officer who originally killed Toulon. Right. Okay. Or was part of the original kind of police party that that kills Toulon. Right. Thomas Lennon, comedian's in there. Oh he's, wow. like, he's like your main man. Okay. And uh, the music's by Fabio Fritzi. Wow. So there's quite a lot here to commend it. Mm-hmm. Just some of the stuff and the way they've changed the story to make being offensive more palatable. Right. Sat a little bit uneasily with me. Okay, so it's not so much the uh, kind of content that some people might find problematic. It's more just the, like, the kind of the kind of major plot steps they've taken to have to try and justify that. <laughs> that may be the thing that may be a sticking point for you. Yeah, but uh, some of the content is certainly questionable. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is 100% the truth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I see. But I, I feel, I mean, you, you kind of need to adjust your expectations a little bit here. It is a film about killer puppets. Yeah. Recalibrate a little bit and assess. And if you think from what I've said that you're going to be too offended or triggered to watch it, then avoid it. Yeah, okay. If films about killer puppets are not your thing, then don't get near it. Uh, okay, yeah. So it's uh, a qualified recommendation in the way. Yeah. yeah, I quite liked it. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't, but I had a pretty fun time with it. Cool. Um, Is that your lot? Pretty much. Some pretty good ones in there. Yeah, and I think that's a theatrical release on uh, April 19th. Oh, wow. Okay, which is cool. pretty interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> okay, I have one more. Mitch, what's a Chuck Bass 100? I do, kind of. and um, Kind of? Uh, well, I do, I did. I don't like that. I did, I did. I kind of feel like we should take a sec to remind people exactly what we're doing here, because we haven't recapped what the Shockwaves 100 is for quite a while. <laughs> so Andy and I are pretty big fans of the podcast Shockwaves. Yeah. Which is um, probably a little bit more academic in its approach than we are, <laughs> I would say. I would say that that is most certainly true, Mitchell. Um, yeah, I would I would recommend Shockwaves a lot. I think it's really good. Also, what you definitely can say about shockwaves is that your hosts really know their stuff right absolute scholars of the genre mm-hmm. so you've got rebecca McHenry, rob galuzzo elric kane ryan turek yep and around about the time of their 100th episode which is quite a while ago now they released the shockwaves 100 which was this list of films that at least three of them agreed on so in synchronicity with this coming out i we were kind of making a lot of jokes about the fact that i haven't seen enough stuff or anything or anything we kind of thought it would be an interesting thing for me to try and watch all of them so we are at number 61, I believe, this week. Mm-hmm. And, I and about- these are not in order. 
No, um, I tried to do them in order for a while, but basically I think availability and stuff like that just kind of meant that I had to improvise a little bit. Um, and sometimes it just had to go with things that were accessible. Or things I forced you to watch in an evening when we were drunk. Or, yeah, things when you, yeah, when you tricked me into watching three <laughs> of them in one night. Um, yeah, I went back to 1995 this time for Larry Fessenden's Habit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's, it's so, so good. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I really, really loved it. I haven't seen many vampire movies like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, really like, I really like Larry Fessenden, and obviously having written, directed, and produced and starred in it, it's kind of a big thing for him. Yeah, I really like Larry Vessenden, but he's never really the star of things, or he's very rarely the star of things, at least these days. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's nice to just see more of him and see him being given more to do by himself, I guess. But like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought Habit was great. I really, really liked it. One of the better ones, I think, definitely in the top half of the six days that I've seen so far. All right, cool. Um, I don't know if I'm going to try and rank them in order of preference at the end. I probably won't. <laughs> But uh, uh, you're going back in something you've said you were going to do. Oh, fine. I'll, I'll rank them in order of preference. Excellent. Thank yeah, you. Th- no, that was no, that was a good one. That was a really good one, actually. Yeah, it was great. Excellent. So. So yeah, it's feedback time, and once again, they've been saying a decent amount. Big thank you everybody that's been getting in touch, and thank you also to Mr. Chris Thorburn for joining us last week for a conversation I really enjoyed. Me too, about, it was exhilarating. About a film that I also really enjoyed, <laughs> The Devil's Advocate. Um, few of you have been getting in touch uh, with some opinions about that. Uh, Shake the Shake 72 on Twitter got in touch with a doubler. A truly trying week at work, coupled with the joy but existential dread of my eldest turning 16 next week, slightly offset by Strong Violent PC doing <laughs> Devil's Advocate today. But what's not to like? Vanity, my favourite sin. And later on, uh, just uh, presumably having then listened to it, for no reason other than at Strong Violent PC made me snort laugh coffee through my nose, does anyone know which of the big three are currently streaming Devil's Advocate? The answer to that is none of them, but you can (laughs) rent it from Google Play, certainly. I think Amazon as well. Can't get it on Amazon. Can you not? No, you yeah. can't get it on Amazon at all. I thought we're doing it for a fiver. All right, okay. <laughs> I rented it from YouTube. Okay, sticking with Devil's Advocate, on Twitter we've got David Bratchpiece at Bratchy1 saying, love this film. Script is a lot sharper than it's given credit for. I think that there is actually some really good script moments in yeah, there. Yeah, can't argue with that. Yeah, no like uh, no qualms, no qualms on that one at all. Staying with Devil's Advocate, Cosmic Ray Girl on Twitter, are you going to watch Devil's Advocate and treat it like a prequel to Constantine? Just a thought, as there are a few parallels. There are, and we did kind of touch on it, although, like, I think you said at the time, I think that, that ended up on the cutting room floor. It didn't even make it to recording. While we were watching the last half an hour together, I mentioned Constantine. I think I said, um, when they all die and there's the big whirlwind of fire, and he kind of opens his eyes and comes back to life in the bathroom, kind of. Right, right, right. Towards the end, I was like, and that takes us right into the start of Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it never made it never made recording, sadly. Yeah, but no, it didn't escape our notice either, or at least yours. But thanks for getting in touch there. Uh, you got anything else on Devil's Advocate? No. Okay, cool, neither do I. What I do have is um, a tweet from Darren Gaskell about the fact that today is recording number 100. Hey! Happy 100th recording, a strong, violent PC. Thanks to you awesome dudes for the constant laughs, the amazing guests, and for putting the ninth configuration on my radar. Don't thank us for that. Uh, thank Heather Buckley. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening since episode zero, and I want to... <laughs> Uh, very good. I've been listening since episode zero, and I want you to know that I still actively fucking detest she's all that. That's reassuring to know, Darren. Thank you. And also thanks for listening and doing a lot to get the word out, really. Yeah, thank you very much, Darren. Yeah. Much, much appreciated. That's just about all I've got, actually. Yeah, I've got another thing, and more more general niceness. General niceness. Yeah. 
Kim Morrison at Wicked Sister 69 getting in touch to say, because it's been too long since I've cackled out loud at something like pubic thatch being said in my headphones in a deathly quiet office, I'm dipping back into old, at strong, violent PC. More specifically, pieces. Ah, excellent, excellent. Revisiting the back catalogue after uh, hitting a perfect score, listening to all of them. <laughs> uh, thanks very much, Kim, appreciate that. I do, of course, have some more feedback, but it is belonging to a very specific category. <laughs> It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. So, for the uninitiated, Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title, tagline, any identifying text. All that will be left will be the image. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and also give the film, where possible, a title and a synopsis. We will post it to social media as well and we will be looking for your suggestions to that end yeah <laughs> oh here we go this is easily my favorite but so last week we had sleepwalkers we did yeah i'm going to warn you in advance today's image is it uh, a, there's a, a lot more to dig into a little busier i think that yeah i think okay. that's fair okay so but yeah let's see what people had as regards sleepwalkers so andy McEwen, i'm not sure there's a title in here right maybe it's all the title <laughs> Possibly. Um, but at the start, it does say nine lives. They got him, we don't. <laughs> that's title and tagline right so there. I think nine lives title. Yeah. Tagline, they got him, we don't. Mm-hmm. I think that's funny. Um, a discredited vet has his surgery shut down when the townsfolk realise he's cruel to the animals. He becomes a taxidermist to make ends meet and try to stop himself from hurting living things. His thirst grows and grows until he encounters a travelling woman with a cat named Hades. <laughs> He kills her in front of her, and she curses him with the pain of a thousand screeching cats. Wow, okay. So uh, there you go. So kind of like Drag Me to Hell mixed with Thinner. <laughs> mixed with cats? Yeah. <laughs> the musical. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, that's Andy McEwen there. Tony Constantinou. Oh, God. Based on two events. When the estate of T.S. Eliot is approached by a sinister theatre baron with plans to adapt Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats into a West End production, (laughs) the family declines and sends the musical magnate on his merry way. Enraged, the maniacal musician makes a deal with the immortal cat god Bastet to grant him his wish in return for his eternal soul, and one by one the trustees meet an untimely demise. As the rights to the book fall into the public domain, the conspiring composer secludes himself in the countryside retreat to recreate his most ambitious work yet. Okay. However, Bastet quickly realises the permanent damage about to unfold on his kind with this soulless production, and now must unite his feline followers to help avert catastrophe before it's of too course. late. In yeah. 1984's Memoirs of an Omnipotent Cat, Volume 3, The Long Tail and Longer Night of Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> It's time to pause the music permanently. Ah. <laughs> Everybody get your fingers out. More puns. I agree. Yeah. Um, we have got uh, Kevin Matthews. Okay. Get in touch. When their uncle Sylvester has been beaten up for the 20th time by a boxing kangaroo that everyone has mistaken for a large mouse, <laughs> the kitty kin gather en masse to visit Rocky Roo at his isolated farmhouse and remind him that his one set of paws are no match for a crowd of claws. Fur will fly in the unexpected Looney Tunes horror of 1991, the pouch-packing pugilist and the putting punishers, also renamed in 2012 as the Fist and the Furry Angst. <laughs> Fucking hell. Pretty strong. Yeah, uh, work in that. Uh, James Plum uh, coming to the table with his usual brevity. 1992's Pussy Party 2, Party Till You Puke. <laughs> Panda at Prettiest Dunce on Twitter. Okay. 
Under pink sky lit by a sapphire moon, felines supine do gather, mew, and croon. The blaze of dusk turns cloud to silhouette, as all is calm, the storm has not come yet. These feral beasts blend in the inky black, protrude their razor claws, and arch their backs. The sex noise of these yellow-eyed shites will keep you up all through the fucking night. Turn the volume as low as it can possibly go with 1977's erotic masterpiece about rural residents who are slowly driven to madness by an endless cat orgy. Never sleep again, again. <laughs> powerful, powerful stuff. Oh, I like that. It's yeah. Great. Is that the last? Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Two go. more. Uh, Hanny, on, uh, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter. Hat, uh, cat's paw the revenge. Right. Uh, they've come for the men that shot their paw. That oh, right, okay, paw. right, got you, like, father. Yes, oh. and everyone else in between. Okay. And uh, finally, Caitlin, at Scared Sheepless on Twitter, when farm cats find a mysterious source of catnip, it soon becomes apparent that it is a much stronger herb. Soon the cats are compelled to murder. Who can put a stop to their clawful acts? Find out in 1974's Formidable Farm. <laughs> right, okay, yes, catnip. I was hoping someone would take it down the catnip road. Well, there you go. Caitlin picking up the slack there, getting that done. Excellent. Uh, that, I believe, is your lot. Uh, Panda. Panda, I agree. Uh, yep. That's really, really strong stuff. Very, yep. very happy with that. So, Panda, well done. You win... Nothing. Ah, see, you thought because it was recording 100 you were going to win something. Ha! <laughs> right, so to this week. To business. Ready? Yep. It's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> your Wonderful. Eyes, your eyes flew open. Uh, yes, okay, so uh, we are at the beach. Yeah. Uh, to deal with it in its broadest terms. The people on the beach are having a time of it. I would go as far as to venture that they are in a state of some distress. We have a woman in a red bikini running away and looking over her shoulder. Um, in the background, we have a few other kind of um, distressed beach patrons. Anyone in particular you want to highlight? Um, yeah, I like the guy to the right as we're looking at it. Okay. Who uh, is kind of fleeing in a way that I think is very funny. I like the guy just under her arm who has refused to put down his bottle of beer. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, other people have not made it this far There's a couple of people who look like they might be dead like The guy that appears to be Richard Pryor On the left <laughs> Yeah definitely, <laughs> fucking hell In the background uh, we can see out to sea mm -hmm. uh, There is a Boat there um, A small fire, can't see where that's coming from uh, There's also a rescue helicopter And uh, the small matter Of a legion of what appears to be Winged piranhas <laughs> Uh, with red devil eyes and uh, <laughs> rows of very sharp teeth. <laughs> so I do think it's just the small matter of those. Yeah. I do think that I have um, I've hit on all the uh, I've hit I've hit on all the main points there. Okay, I'll give you that. So um, I think that that means that I will need a moment, and it is time to cue the ubiquitous chart smash. The Sunshine Kid. Yeah, before we do that, Mitch, uh, The Sunshine Kid is now available from Bandcamp. Yes, I've set up a Bandcamp for uh, the podcast because I have contentitis in the worst possible way. <laughs> um, so I will actually be shoving some more stuff up there for either free or pay what you want. I'll put up like the extended version of the theme song, some stuff like okay. that. <laughs> okay. uh, maybe just other stupid things that I feel like doing. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But big thank you to everybody who, one, asked for us to... Uh, <laughs> to actually make it available to download for everyone that downloaded it and especially to the lunatics who paid money for it. <laughs> Very much appreciated. So, yes, I will need a moment to put this apart. Yeah, and I've actually bought you some time there, so I hope you were thinking. Oh, I was. Right, okay, well, to aid you further... 
Somebody paid three pound for this. Thank you. <laughs> Worth it. Worth every penny. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to ask you to play it again. Too right, you're not. Right, okay, I'm just about there, I think. Okay. Okay, here we go. You sure? Yeah. When a group of college freshmen head to the beachside town of Poisson de Mort for a well-earned study break... <laughs> okay, what happens? They are blissfully unaware that the town is the subject of a nefarious government experiment where a mysterious substance is pumped into the water supply to control humanity's most primal impulses. However, while the experiment works perfectly with humans, the chemical bizarrely has a wildly different effect on sea creatures. With the town now at the mercy of a horde of sentient winged piranhas... Melissa, Franklin, Chad, Amanda, and Tyler face an epic fight for survival in 1983's practical effects heavy monstrosity, Piranapocalypse. Oh, oh, Jesus, you are so close across the board, man. Really? Yeah, yeah, really, you really are quite close. Uh, the year, 1981. Oh, okay. So close there. Near miss. Uh, the film, Piranha 2, The Spawning. Oh. Directed by none other than James Cameron. James. Obviously before Terminator yeah. and uh, subsequent fame. Th- this is presumably one of the two James Cameron films that are the top two highest grossing films of all time. <laughs> Correct, sir. <laughs> okay, so do we have a synopsis for this one? Of course we have a synopsis, Mitch. A sunken US supply ship off a Caribbean island resort is the focus for a series of mysterious piranha attacks. Investigating the death of one of her son's companions after a scuba diving trip, Anne Kimbra breaks into the morgue with holidaymaker Tyler Sherman, only to discover that the fish have wings and can fly. But the hotel manager refuses to call off the annual fish fry on the beach, with inevitable consequences. <laughs> Outstanding, was that a 30 second synopsis? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people started calling these from IMDb, it's making me very happy. <laughs> Um, it just removes any further thinking on my part. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One less job off your list. Just to be fair, you have way more of them than I do. So like, <laughs> it's fair that you're lightening the load. That concludes Mitch's Pitches for this week. That image is now everywhere. Um, get looking and get pitching. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to hear your pitches, please. So, so unless there's any other business, which I don't believe there is this week. I don't think there is. No. Yeah. Um, it is time then to turn our attention to episode 48, which is coming your way this Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're back in harness with a guest thing. Good. Very much back in harness. Two in a row now. Uh, we've recovered. and Well, we, well two, I wouldn't say two is a full recovery. <laughs> we're on the road to recovery. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to this one. Uh, it's a great guest and film combo. I'm sure you'll agree. Oh my God. She is a YouTube producer and freelance writer and also a frequent contributor to the Evolution of Horror podcast. Yeah. Of course, we recently had Mike Munster from that show. We on did, Doing yeah. Legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Louise Blaine. And well. <laughs> Continuing down the killer doll theme here. Mm-hmm. And an early foray into the Wanniverse. Oh, hello. It's 2007's Dead Silence. Yeah. James Wan and Lee Winnell back together, I think, as a writer-director partner for the first time since Soul. Soul? Start again there. (laughs) 
yeah, slightly less commercially successful. I would say that, yeah. And uh, slightly <laughs> less critically successful. Dead Silence in the company of Louise Blaine. Now, this Friday, this is going to be fun. A lot to unpack. Well, I hope it's there. more fun than the film. <laughs> so there you go that's this friday if you want to get in touch with some uh, comments feedback on everything you've heard today or uh just general niceness or whatever yeah um, just say hi yeah you can do through all the usual channels facebook and instagram we are strong language violent scenes you can also of course tweet us at strong violent pc and email strong language violent scenes at gmail.com actually on that subject mitch uh-huh uh, we did actually have an email. This is absolutely shocking because we're always raging about never uh, receiving emails. Right. I just remembered there that we actually did receive an email uh, <laughs> about a fortnight ago and simply forgot about it or didn't read it. Um, and I'm about to read it now. That I, I, I think that that's a very good idea because you're right, we do prattle on about the fact that nobody ever emails us. Yep, um, coming in from Andrew Barron Andrew and the Barron. emails. Thank yep, you. Thank you, Andrew. And apologies, we are fucking terrible. We really are, we're the worst. Uh, Andrew getting in touch on Sleepaway Camp. Okay, cool. To say, just listen to the live episode. I'd never actually seen Sleepaway Camp as I couldn't find it on any streaming services. Five minutes into the episode, it was mentioned that the whole film could be viewed on YouTube. So immediately, I stopped listening and watched the film before going back to the remainder of the podcast. Fine, Joyce. He was particularly enamoured by the character of Mel. <laughs> uh, Weren't we all? Uh, as I got the distinct impression that the camp was merely a front for his sinister mafia connections. No doubt in my mind, this wise guy launders his ill-gotten gains by disguising them as summer fun for the kids hence why he was so easily able to bribe the remaining kitchen staff after the corn stew non-spoiling he also seemed quite unfazed by the sight of the grisly deaths instead worried only about how it would affect his seemingly legitimate business and restrict his chances of porking a teenager (laughs) Mel is definitely a man who has casually watched people die in car parks (laughs) keep up the good work Andy B Andy, I'm so sorry it's taken us so long to get to that. That's brilliant. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, Andrew Barron getting in touch and just in the nick of time saving our email account from getting shut down from lack of use. Yeah, <laughs> and if you want to be cool like Andrew, drop us an email to stronglanguageviolentscenes at gmail.com and we will endeavour to read the emails uh, that we receive, few though they might be. Yes, and Andy, where can people listen to us? <laughs> You can listen to us in a multitude of places, but we would always say try Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Acast, TuneIn, and of course our home at Podbean. And don't forget, whichever app you're using, rate, review, subscribe, if you feel like doing any of those things, that would be great. It really does make a difference. Even if you don't feel like doing it, please do it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, right, that's a harder sell. If you, Even if you don't want to, you actively don't listen. Just give us a good review anyway. Yeah, anyway yeah. <laughs> right, let's wrap this up. We're losing control. <laughs> so Friday, we're back. Another killer doll movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And fuck, I just watched Puppet Master. Yeah, racking him up, racking oh, him up. Oh, it's doll daft on this show. <laughs> doll daft. I'd actually like to do more killer doll movies. Let's get some dolls on the go. Let's get some demonic toys on the go. Definitely, definitely. Mini series incoming. Happy with that. We're back Friday. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. Got myself a crying, talking, sleeping, walking, living doll. Got to do my best to please her just cause she's a living doll. Got her roving eye and that is why she satisfies my soul. Got the one and only walking doll.
You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. <laughs>